0: Today, I sit down with Reed Miles. Reed has ASD, which is Autism Spectrum Disorder, but that neither slows him down nor holds him back. He turned into an autism advocate who shares his life and experiences on his blog, a podcast, as well as YouTube. I think we're in for a treat and some valuable life lessons. Let's have ourselves a pocket-sized pep talk and see. A pocket-sized pep talk. Podcast that can help energize your business and your life with a quick inspiring message. Now, here's your host, Rob Jollis. Reed Miles got his bachelor's degree from Colorado Technical University, no easy feat, and his master's in advanced computer science, no easy feat. With help from his family and his life coach, he's turned his life and experiences into a podcast. Hoping to help others who face the same issues that he does. Welcome to the show, Reed. Thanks, Rob. It's a pleasure being here. Yeah, Reed and I met a, about a week ago, and uh, I got to tell you, I wish you could. That's the one thing I don't like about podcasts—you can't see anybody's face. I'm going to put <laughs> a picture of Reed up on the uh, on the website, but this man knows how to smile. And uh, that that he lights up a room, and I uh, there were a bunch of people on that call, and I only reached out the one I said you I got to have on my podcast because it's it's very interesting to me. Uh, you know, we all face challenges, but you've faced some serious challenges and some serious issues. Yeah, uh, talk to me about that a little bit.
1: Well, being one who's on the spectrum, you deal with. One of the greatest challenges is having no filter, which that means you don't know what's right or wrong to say. And because of that, it's either caused a rift in my family. It's caused issues with friends. I've, it's cost me jobs at times. And it's hard. And like I've told people, it's, you're constantly monitoring yourself 24-7. And it gets to the point where you just get so tired, you slip. And it's just like, yeah, I slipped. No one's perfect. But yet, people, those who understand me and know me and my family and my, and my closest friends know I don't mean what I say. And I got lucky enough when I volunteered at the planetarium here, my supervisor was on the spectrum as well with her three kids. And she was able to, when we sat down and I told her, she's like, do you want me to teach you um, life skills? during work like soft skills i'm like definitely you can help me out with that and so we did so that was kind of a blessing in disguise for me
0: yeah you know it's it's interesting and sometimes you know we don't seek help helps or seeks us yeah and um and that's very interesting to me you also used a word that uh, we hear which is soft skills Uh, and you know reed it's funny that with soft skills, they're, they're so underplayed. And yet most of us who struggle in life, not just you, all of us, maybe you've heard the term, we all walk with a limp. We Mm -hmm. all have our thing and to each person and to each limp, it's very real to them. And it's something that, you know, they're uncomfortable about, but I've never seen anybody struggle because their hard skills failed them. Uh, yeah. It's the soft skills. And and we look in the school systems and we look even in businesses and soft skills kind of get almost laughed at. People are like, well, first time when when a when a company has to pull back on their budget, what do they pull back on? Soft skills, right? And, and yet we can put it, and I work with a lot of people in career transition. We can put a, a group of people in a room, a hundred people who are struggling and 99 and a half of them, it's the soft skills. So I got a new word for you. I never. I. I've decided I don't like the word soft skills. I call it <laughs> performance skills, <laughs> and, and yeah. that's what we're all working on. You know. Yeah. Yeah. Do you still work at the planetarium? No,
1: they let me go. I had lost my father in 2017. We worked through. I volunteered through the the solar eclipse we had, and one. And I had like. Th- I had two warnings already against me because people just didn't understand me. So they decided to move me away from where I loved, away from the supervisor who understood me, put me somewhere where I had no sunlight, no interactivity with the outside world except those who work in in the theater department there and doing something a chip can do. Basically going through photos from their organizational events and just marking them with emotions of the people. And I was just getting bored and bored and bored and bored. And somewhere, I guess somewhere deep inside my head, I just started self-sabotaging myself because I just felt this was pointless to me. So they let me go. But, and I quit before they let me go. So I I basically, they wanted me to come in on my day off. I'm like, no, if you're going to do what I think you're going to do,
0: I quit. Got it. Okay. Well, um, You know, for me, uh, it, it, I think you probably did the right thing. Uh, in, but, you know, in hindsight, it probably didn't have to wait for the event itself. I think yeah. that, uh, but, you know, uh, read everything we do, in a sense, has a lesson to it. Mm-hmm. Um, the people that, the, the sad part is so many people miss the lesson. In other words, they're a victim. They'll say, well, it wasn't my fault. They were this or that. But I already can tell within the first couple minutes of listening to you that you're actually very self-actualized. You understand where, the, where that limp is. And um, and that is, there's so many people who are more of a victim. It's never my fault. It's never my fault. Read bellies right up to the bar and goes, oh, it was my fault. All right. Uh, I didn't like where they put me and I was on my way out. But no, the word self-sabotaging, do you know how many people self-sabotage don't acknowledge the fact they self-sabotage so guess what they do they self-sabotage again and again it becomes a pattern they play the victim and the other boss friend whoever it is is the evil ogre that on the other side and not you i can already tell you're very you're very self-actualized i'm also
1: very self-aware i mean like with my life coach i'm able to a lot of those of us on the spectrum don't know how to read our own body Mm -hmm. and that's how they wind up with meltdowns and sensory overloads. Me, on the other hand, I've kind of taught myself through time to know what these signals are to say, Hey, I'm feeling overtired. I need to stop what I'm doing, put it down, walk away, take a break. Otherwise I'll get overtired. I'll get cranky. And a lot of times when that happens, I usually, snap at my mother, say something to somebody I'm not supposed to. And then I feel bad. Yeah. So I'm learning to listen to my own body, to what it says.
0: That's fascinating. And are you still with this life coach?
1: Yes. I'm still listening to this day. I've been with him for a year, over a
0: year already. Wow. Okay. Uh, well, it, it, you seem to kind of work your way through these various obstacles. Uh what other obstacles have you faced that, that have slowed you down?
1: Um, my biggest one still is my ASD. I mean, when I was in school, up and getting my master's, I've never taken, I've never studied for an exam in my life. When I went for my bachelor's, it was online, and they didn't have exams. Everything was point-driven. So you get points determined on your assignments. Those add up. And then that, and that's what your grade is for that. For my master's, I literally had to teach myself how to study. Mm. I thought I could cram, I was wrong. I failed. I cried to my academic advisor and my disability advisor, and they got me someone who sat me down with a work, with a study schedule. And then I didn't take that to heart and I just studied straight through and study and eat until a friend of mine came up to me and told me one day when I'm standing outside and he's like, Reed, you look like crap. And I'm like, well, all I did was study. All I do is study. He's like, you need to take a break. And then I reached out to friends and I'm like, guys, I need some study tips. How do I study best? And they told me 10 minutes on five minutes off. And then I started doing that. And then all of a sudden the material just started coming to me. And then my, one of my well-being advisors said something that sticks to me to this day. And she's like, there's a difference between knowing your material and understanding it. And what she meant by that is, you can memorize your material all you want, but you won't, under, you won't understand what you're, you're talking about. The minute you know it and understand it, you, you can literally recite it to someone and know what the hell you're talking about.
0: Wow, that's, that's really good. And I think I probably fell into that other category. I was a kid that really struggled memorizing things. And um, as I grew older, I sort of took pride in the fact that I may not be intellectually as wired as the person next to me, but my real world skills are very good. And I think those are the skills where I was doing and not memorizing. And so they were sticking a little bit better. But again, I was... What I love about a conversation with you is that you're taking things from some people, me, and I hope a lot of people are listening, and you're taking things that we may, may be unconsciously competent at, meaning, hey, I do that. I didn't know it was called that, or I didn't know that's why I was successful there. And the problem with performing at an unconsciously competent level is who's to say, we're going to do it again tomorrow, yeah. because I don't know what I'm doing right or wrong. So. By um, experiencing that and teaching us that just now, you help us understand um, that difference. And that's really important. So, I, I, again, thank you. Uh, really good point. Uh, let, let's flip it, though. Uh, I've, been, I've been going at obstacles. Let's go with some goals. Okay. So, we know one thing. We're not going to retire at the planetarium, right? Right. Okay. <laughs> we uh those rats you're right let, them, let a monkey go ahead and handle those pictures for you but what are the goals what's 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 next for reed
1: my biggest goal is helping those out there who don't have a voice or are too afraid to voice their concerns who are dealing with the same thing i'm dealing with as i told many people the reason i want to do my podcast is i want to be one of those voices out there that says hey you're not alone in this fight. I'm here to help you. I'm going through the same thing you're going through. We may be in different areas of that spectrum, but we all are part of the same thing. We all have ASD. We all share that disability. You need help. I'm that person you can come to.
0: Okay. Uh, and, and, and But let, let's stay there for a second. So, okay. Um, now, and this is how I, I began to meet Reed when I, when I heard about it. He's got a podcast and, and folks, I'm, I'm jumping on that podcast. You're going to see it in my social media feeds when I get on there. Reed, you better be good, but, uh, <laughs> but, but um, we'll do it at the end. I'm going to put it up on the show notes, but let's insert it right now. Uh, I know your name is spelled R E I D M I L E S. So I'm, guessing I'm, I'm spelling it. So anybody listening might want to Google that name, but uh, how else, w- what's the name of the podcast?
1: The name of the podcast is inside the Asperger studio. Hmm. It's a, I don't know if how many of your people listen, but it's a take on the old show inside the Actor studio. I have three different shows going on with, with it under that whole umbrella. The main show where I talk to people like you and others and um, get to know you and questions and just to get to know your life and how you, can help, how you help people. Then I have a take on my name called The Reading Room where I talk about topics that I have a very concern about where things like one of them is called Medicate Me where I talk about how people can get on medicine need to know how to talk to your insurance companies and your doctors to tell them, hey, listen, I need to be on this medicine. So they know what to do in the future. And then lastly, there is stories, which is brand new, which is sort of like inside the, inside the actor studio where I'll ask questions in the beginning. Then I get to the part where you tell your part of the story. Then I end with the questions from like the actor studio
0: excellent and and you're on a web are they housed on a website i mean i'm i'm trying we'll find them on yes. itunes right you
1: can find me on itunes you can find okay. me on spotify you can find me on google podcast or you can go to podbean.com and look and look me up okay and just look up inside the studios and you'll find me right there and Perfect. all
0: my current episodes are up all right we now return you to the podcast Okay, uh, so we so uh, and we'll we'll dip into that and make sure uh, folks that are listening remember that at the end as well. Uh, so I can see that podcasting and getting your voice out there truly motivates you. Mm-hmm. What else? What else motivates Reed Miles?
1: Positivity, huh. energy, learning, especially learning. I love to learn new things. Unfortunately, because of my ADHD, my memory can't retain it, but I just love learning. I'm constantly learning. I'm learning new stuff every day. I'm part of the Coursera website where I can pick free courses and just go through them. But learning is a big thing that like motivates me because it's something I learned new that I never knew before.
0: Well, uh, the fact that you've got your masters, uh, I'm a little jealous. I've, I've never, I've never climbed that mountain. So uh, um, you certainly got some learning in there.
1: That's a, that was a scary jaunt for me and a shock to my parents. I mean, going for my master's was a little bit of a shock. My, what, it was an interesting story to, be, to tell the least. My mother and I went to the vet to take my pug at the time. And the girl behind the desk was talking with a friend about this organization called Across the Pond. Who helps you with everything from casing the paperwork to filling out applications to how to write your essays to get in. So I went through went through them, get everything done. And then I applied to five schools in England. And then I waited. And then all of a sudden I figured the worst case scenario, no one was going to take me. But Lo and behold, four out of the five accepted me. Wow. University of Kent in Canterbury, England, New York, University of York, Swansea, and Aberystwyth. The only one that didn't take me was King's College. So now it's choosing the school. So I wanted to go to the school of the smallest population. It's being a small fish in a small bowl. Right. I didn't want to be a big fish in a large pond because I just didn't want to get lost in the the hustle.
0: Outstanding. Well, that's certainly um, a tremendous victory for you. And um, uh, again, working through um, that disability, Mm -hmm. being able to achieve that. We're talking to a man here who um, needed to sit down and be taught how to study (laughs) PS most of us actually need that lesson. We just don't get it, or we don't have the courage to ask for that help. But give me, give me another victory in your life. So I, 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 I'm assigning that one. I, whether you don't know it, whether you know it or not, I'm giving you a huge victory, not just for your bachelor's, but for your master's. Tremendous. Uh, what's another victory?
1: Right. My blog. Everything started off from my blog. And that started out after I got let go from the, the field museum here. I have also spatial issues, which means I don't know where that, pri- that personal space is. So a lot of the volunteers I was working with at the time kept complaining I was standing too close. They didn't tell me, they told my supervisor. And in my mind, that's like telling a dog they're bad after they did, after they did something wrong. Because it's like two or three weeks later, your supervisor comes back. Oh, you did this. Why didn't you come tell me then? So I call my mother. I tell her I got let go because of spatial reasons. She's like, okay, do you want me to pick you up? I'm like, no, I need time on my own. I'm coming home on the bus. So I get home. My mom and I are talking. And she's like, you know, now is a good time. You got nothing going on. Why don't you start your blog? So give it three, give it takes two or three days and i sit down in front of my computer i go on to GoDaddy or one-on-one actually and i'm trying to come up with a name for my blog so i come up with asperger's Zone, and then through time and then i start my podcast and then i call it inside the asperger studio i'm like you know why not just change my blog name to the same so they all are copacetic now My blog, the reason why it's such an achievement for me, it's not just my stories and advice, it's also my life. I'm sharing my life with everyone. And that's something I want people to know is I'm not just giving you advice, I'm taking my own advice too. It's everything from a letter to my father who passed away to advice on hope to uniqueness, to my travel through england so i want my biggest purpose out of my blog is i want people to know step outside your comfort zone you do that there's a whole world to see
0: beautiful uh and and you're talking to a guy by the way who takes um journaling very seriously mm. uh, probably 22 years of journals about uh, 2500 pages and the funny thing read is uh, nobody taught me how and I didn't I, I missed a really key element and I'm wondering if you found that element, my key element was, I, I was um, very conscientious about getting my thoughts and my words down and writing them and exploring, but I also had this blind spot which was to tell myself And don't ever read it because I don't want to edit life. That's what happened. That's the snapshot. Don't ever read it. Well, you're laughing because I think you see where this is getting me. So take a snapshot, but don't learn anything from it.
1: Well, I mean, I, after school, I came back and I was trying to figure out what to do and I wanted to write. So I came across this writing course here in Chicago about, it was a little bit expensive, but I told my mom I'll pay for it out of my credit card. So she's like, fine, as long as you'll learn something from it I and mean, use it to your advantage. So I took it. And one of the first things they teach you is don't your first draft, you should not care what it says or how it comes out. Your first draft is a mess. It's your second and your third and your fourth is when you should start caring about what it looks like and how it's presented and grammar and correction. Me, my problem is, I my mind is always on autocorrect. I'll make a mistake, I'll go, Okay, read, retype it. And that's the way my mind works. And that's why I have such a problem sitting down writing, is my mind is constantly autocorrecting.
0: Yeah. You know, um, Reed doesn't know this, so he's going to learn this right now. But, um, Reed's going to be writing a book and uh, <laughs> he kind of knows that part of it. He just doesn't know that I'm going to be breathing down his shoulder when he does, but, uh, One of the things about writing a manuscript a little different than a journal is is really disciplining yourself to do what you said. you got to just let it go. Get it out. Get it down. Get it rolling. There's always an opportunity to go back and, and correct and fix. But I can't tell you how many people I've met in my career who have dreamt of writing a book, have started writing a book, will tell me, I've been working on my book for five years. How much have we done well i'm still in the first chapter now they're not lazy they actually have been working they keep micromanaging the words they keep <laughs> going over and over and different writing is a journey folks and the the uh, i i will i will butcher this quote but i think it was robert lewis stevenson who said the most beautiful journeys are those that we do not go to seek that we don't seek. Uh, the beauty of a journal, the beauty of a blog, the beauty of a book. A, the writer is—you may think you have an agenda when you sit down. You may have a plan, but man, the art happens when that plan begins mm-hmm. to take you to a different part of the that beautiful park you're walking through. And uh, but we have to make sure that we don't keep editing that beautiful park that we're going through. Uh, and There's nothing like finishing a manuscript, taking a big, deep breath, and then we'll go back. Quite frankly, a lot of my authors, I don't even want you to go back. That's where we let a reader take a look and then go, hey, read, you told the same story four times. Good. That's fine. I hope, which one did you like the best? That's the one we're keeping. Uh, (laughs) But um, that is, that's the beauty. And I, I love the fact you're blogging because I think you're not only teaching others through your words that i know but i believe and i think you figured it out you're teaching yourself yes words. yeah hmm yeah um well I, I how okay so here let's take a look under this blog hood for a moment here we go how many blogs have we written how many blogs yeah
1: roughly you mean five. both their actual blogs Posts. i'll take a
0: post yeah
1: over a hundred. There you go. All right. Over a hundred, and then if you count every episode of my podcast as a post in itself, So,
0: Yeah. Okay. Well, uh, you know, and I, I'll tell you why I ask because I take my blogging seriously. People who know me know that I actually have something called a blog article, a blog article. Been writing it for twelve years. Every other Friday, seven in the morning, Eastern Standard Time. Seven thirty is the distribution. Uh, almost in an OCD fashion, actually, mm-hmm. I believe I'm probably in the ballpark of OCD-ish, as I call it. it I, usually, I can make it work for me, and sometimes I struggle. As a, as we said, Reed, we all walk with a limp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, I, uh, when I see somebody that has a blog on a website, I immediately go to that blog and go, okay, let's see what kind of blog we got. Not the words. I want to see when the last blog you wrote. How many times have you gone to a website and it's like, last blog was two thousand seventeen. Well, that's
1: like, well, I mean, that's like what podcasting is. Yeah. I look at, I want. I was looking at all the other Asperger bloggers. I'm like, okay, when's the last time this person put up a podcast? And it's like, oh, you haven't put up one in months. My podcast, I try to put up one every
0: Wednesday. Wow. Good. Yeah, I'm trying. I'm trying to either get a blog. Well, I know the blog's coming out every other week. So I'm aiming for that other week. So I'm actually hitting that every other week, but I got it.
1: The only thing I don't get, I used to put out a newsletter that I kind of slacked on. I try to get my my podcast up, but if I don't have enough guests, then it'll wait, but it'll go up
0: on the same day. I said it will go up. Yeah, I got you. All right, Reed. Uh, coming down the home stretch now. Uh, I was thinking that I saw. And I'm sure you're well aware of it. Love on the Spectrum, I think it was called, yes. and was fascinated by that. It really gave me a window in a little bit. Was it a clean window? Was it accurate? What was your feelings of that particular show? Well, I haven't watched it,
1: but I well, do know my life coach actually had connections with them and they said, Hey, we know people, we got people on the spectrum. I got interviewed for it. Huh? And it was very interesting. I mean, I just don't think they want someone like me who's almost on that fence of between neurotypical and ASD who, who can pass us, pass off as somebody who doesn't have a, who's not on the spectrum. So I think they right. wanted someone who was more on who is more up there on the spectrum who has issues and stuff but it's a good show and everyone who i've talked to who i know has watched it like it
0: yeah it will you know what it does it demystifies it a little bit for for the rest of us and um and so i, I would encourage you to watch that show because what I, i'd love to have a conversation with you afterwards and here I, I i by the way i think you nailed it i do think having seen it, um, they were further along, most mm-hmm. of the people they were tracking. But um, I would love your views on that. And and so it, it's it, it's bringing me to my final question. That show for me, I thought, helped me understand a little bit more and helped me to be, a, I'm trying to be a compassionate human being. Most of us are do- doing the best we can. And so the more information we have, hopefully the better we we can operate leave us with one more thing that that we can do a rob Jollis can do uh, to better understand you um and and work with you and 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 fill that friend's spot for you just be a friend rob
1: mm-hmm. keep in touch with me and work together we'll email back and forth i mean One of the things people don't realize about autism is it's an invisible disability. They see us out in the world and they're like, oh, you don't have it, but they don't see us on our bad days. They don't see us, they don't know we've taken medicine. So just know if I say something wrong to you and when we're talking just together back and forth and if I try to make a joke and it seems all color, just know my mind is not I'm not thinking it straight and I don't mean to be insulting. I mean, that's a true friend. is someone who understands me and is able to say, Oh, I know he doesn't mean that. So let's just let it go. Got it.
0: Uh, just about every lesson you've taught us today is not just for people on the spectrum. It's for people. And, uh, and that you, you hit it right on the head when you said, just be a friend a genuine, sincere friend, because no matter what, I, I've got friends from, from I, I'm playing golf on Friday with my, my buddy I met in Boy Scouts. Okay. Um, when you, when you hold on to a friendship, it's never perfect. Um, but you do, you, you um, forgive and you understand. Mm-hmm. And, and we sure. go back again, you recognize that um, that's that person's limp. I, I come on a little strong. I got to of them so you'll 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 see a few of them yourself so get to know each other uh, uh, but uh, i think that's wonderful advice for everyone and um, okay so let's end with once again where can people find more about you reed
1: they can either go to my blog which is aspergerstudio.com which has my podcast on it as well you just click on the podcast link and it'll either take you to the playlist or if you click down to Inside the, ask, the little drop down, it'll take you to all my other ones. Or you can go to podbean.com and just type in inside Asperger Studio and it'll come up.
0: Good. And that I, I like the name. I, I did see a few of those inside the actor studio. So I I have got where you're coming from. Uh, I think it's a wonderful name for a podcast. You're a wonderful guest. I really you're a wonderful pre- host. Well, I really <laughs> yeah. I do the best I can. Well, but thank you. Uh, Here, note to self, on the outside, most of us say, well, thank you. On the inside, Rob Jollis knees buckle and wobble just like everyone else. So um, I'm grateful for that comment and I truly appreciate it. Uh, And I can't wait to be on your show. And I can't wait to, I hope, uh, help birth this book that Reed is going to be writing.
1: Yes, definitely. Yeah. And I, I do know my writing instructor said with the name changing, you don't get to do that when you publish your book. It's usually the publishers and then they'll come up with the name.
0: That is correct. They, uh, they change very little except the front and the back of that book. However, uh, if when you self-publish and there's the, the self-publishers are really good out there too now, uh, you do have control. My only word of advice, not just to read to everyone is, I whined and moaned and complained as they changed all my book titles in my career. And yet every book title they landed on within a few months, I looked and went, that's a much better title. Uh, That's because they're in the business of titling books. And we fall in love with an idea and we repeat it and repeat it. And so we can't imagine anything that's different. Just like you mentioned getting the right life coach, you know, they're life coaches. You got the right one and it makes all the difference. We find the right editor. We find the right company to look at a book. And if they tell you we're going to call it uh, My Earlobe and how have them get another earlobe going, that's the damn title they know. <laughs> anyway, all right, Reed. Good seeing you. Great talking to you, folks. I hope you enjoyed it as much as I do. Uh, be good to each other out there and take care. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed today's show, please rate and recommend it on iTunes, Outcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also get more information on this show and rob at Jollis.com.